0: Hi, everybody. Before we begin the show, I just want to remind you there's some chances you can see me in person at some future Comic-Cons. I will be uh, tabling at Twin Cities Con in November. I'll be selling my comic books and artworks. I also will be at the Eau Claire Comic-Con in September. And this Saturday, July 22nd, I'll be at the Minnesota Comics Exchange uh, Comic-Con at the Valley Creek Mall in Woodbury, Minnesota. So if you want to see me in person, those are great opportunities to find me. I also want to remind you that I'm on YouTube with film critic Kyle Gothi. We are, the channel is called Kyle Nick on Film. We critique two movies a week. We do have a Patreon for that uh, channel. I'll put the links for all these down below. Check out our Patreon for some great content, as well as when you sign up for Patreon, you have an opportunity to tell us what movies we could review in the future on that show with a shout out, of course. So, reminder, I'll be at Twin Cities Con in November, I'll be at uh, Eau Claire Con in September, as well as the Minnesota Comics Exchange uh, Con July 22nd at the Valley Creek Mall in Woodbury. So, with all that information, let's begin the show. Alright, we're here with... Matthew Lidke, film critic in Minnesota. Uh, Yeah, a a founding member of the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance. Uh, Matthew, thank you for returning. He knows it's dedication time. So, Matthew, what would you like to dedicate this episode to?
1: Well, I'd like to dedicate it to my girlfriend who's celebrating her birthday today, her 40th birthday.
0: Happy birthday.
1: Yeah, and I'd also like to dedicate it to the um, WGA and uh, Screen Actors Guild who are both uh, striking right now.
0: Yes, we in favor of the strike. So, yes, we support the writers and actors and their strike and... All there for them. So mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's support them and dedicate yeah. the episode yeah. to them. Hello
2: and welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast with your host, Nick Palladichuk. Each episode, Nick interviews filmmakers and other
1: artists from the Twin Cities area. I'm Carly Palillo, and thanks for listening and thanks for finding us. Please give us a review and feel free to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, lights
0: Camera, action. All right, we're back on the show, and today we have Matthew Lightkey. Lidkey. Lidkey. Yeah. I was going to do it wrong. So <laughs> uh, Matthew is the founding member of the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance. Uh, we just got some new members for this year, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Um, we're still growing. Um, you can check out that web page. Also, we do have a web page for it, right?
1: Yep, we do. So it's um, mnfilmcriticsalliance.wordpress.com.
0: Yes, and then I think it attaches to all the other film critics' yep. own personal websites. We have
1: everybody listed there, their social media, their websites. Everybody is available there. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, another one of our members, uh, I do a show, uh, Kyle Gothi, mm-hmm. but also a frequent guest is uh, from the show with Brian Le- uh, Edgard. Yep. Is also, you can catch him on Care 11 Saturday yep. mornings talking his shows. So we got established members on our, yes. <laughs> our, our, yep. our alliance. Yes. So of course, with Matt, that's your kind of your job. You go into movies all the time. Mm-hmm. I think you go. What? How many times do you go to a movie theater a week? Like three or four?
1: Um, it's it's it's. I've kind of cut it down a little bit um, recently, okay. but I still try to see about one to two movies a week and review them. And um, yeah, just uh, keeping up with everybody, everything that uh, Hollywood is
0: kind of throwing out at us. And it's interesting. I love to talk movies mid year, mm-hmm. sometimes more than the end of the year, because these are the movies that don't get. Kind of you kind of get kind of lost and forgotten about, mm-hmm. especially yep. when you're mid year of 2023, yeah. Um, because there's a lot of good gems mm-hmm. that kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes. It, well, you, people forget Godfather did come out early, yep, and still we got all the awards, elect- right? So it does happen once in a while that good films get kind of remembered, yep, but a lot of them kind of get forgotten at the end of the year, yeah. Um, and you kind of manufactured your own list of 2023 yep. so far because yep. we're just over 4th uh, July. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen quite a bit. I've only seen about 15 new films of the year. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's many more than you. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. But uh, so one of them is uh, no hard feelings. That one just came out recently. Uh, That was with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, It's a R rated comedy. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, kind of a really kind of a throwback, I guess, to the 2000s kind of era of this has got to be really new. Yeah, this just came out just just a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, it it was it was a pretty good comedy and definitely elevated by the fact that it had an Academy Award winning actress in there. Um, She helped elevate the material quite a bit. But uh, it's it's probably the first um, one of the first just kind of pure R-rated comedies that have come out since the pandemic started. Um, It's dangerous
0: right now for doing R-rated comedy. yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I say dangerous. It's, it's risky. Cause you don't know yeah. you, you you're, you're selecting for only right. adults can see it yeah. too. Yeah.
1: And, and that, and that's the thing that I think, uh, comedy and, and horror movies kind of both share that really. And that's yeah. why, you know, if you see a lot of horror movies and the PG 13 plays a big role because they want to get those, uh, extra dollars from people and not restrict it to the, uh, just adults with the R rating. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a factor there.
0: I've never heard. Uh, so the premise, Jennifer Lawrence, no hard feelings.
1: Yeah. So she basically plays kind of a down on her luck woman who's uh, kind of struggling financially. She needs an Uber car to make some extra money. <laughs> okay. And basically she agrees to a Craigslist ad to date this um, these parents' kid, their son, who's really like socially awkward and stuff. And, and they want to like. Get him out of his shell before he goes off to university uh, yeah. the next semester. So basically, they hire Jennifer Lawrence to date him uh over the summer, and it's, yeah, it hijinks ensue. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. And then yeah. it's the clumliness. Yeah. yeah. The awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm sure it's a little peppered a little bit in theaters, but uh, mm-hmm. probably on streaming services right now.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's. Probably going to be pretty soon on, on streaming services that's it's going so fast nowadays to okay. to streaming services
0: um one did i like to bring up just in mm-hmm. case uh showing up with michelle williams i okay. love showing up that's her when she's a she runs it looks like she runs a art department from a college mm-hmm. but also she's trying to juggle being an artist herself not to mention her personal life mm-hmm. And not to mention, you're trying to hustle, promote yourself. Right. Also, you know, what do you want to be creative about? It's all these jugglings that I think artists tend to have to balance out. And mm-hmm. what you're skillful. A lot of people are, I know artists are really skillful at hustling, mm-hmm. selling themselves and content. But I know a lot of people are great at content, but mm-hmm. not really selling themselves. I know a lot of people are really good at being teachers, mm-hmm. but not really all. So it's all those dynamics of what do you want to stress being good at where you know your skills at. Yep. We're not doing a lot of exposition and vocalizing. And I think Michelle Williams did it phenomenally. She gets frustrated with people like, Well I have a showing. Yeah I have to to well I have a showing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I think it, it sold really well the life of authentic artists, not really showing what they present but all the still, all the dynamics that they have to juggle at the same right. time. Yeah. I really was impressed with the movie. Mm-hmm. It's very quiet for how stressful movie yeah. it is. <laughs> sure. I don't know if you haven't seen it yet.
1: I haven't seen it. I haven't gotten a chance to, you know. Okay. But, uh, but it I definitely just came out two one. weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking that one out. Um, another one is air. Um, the, oh, yes. the yeah. film about the Jordan's shoes. I'm glad um, you put it on yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, when I, when I was watching it, I was, uh, you know, it's, it's a really enjoyable movie. Um, it's, I would say that it kind of reminded me of a sort of like, um, Maybe like a Sorkin type movie. Um, if you think back to like the Social Network
0: or um, Steve Jobs, just As like he just mentioned, it, it does give you like a little bit of a Sorkin mm-hmm. flavor to it. Yeah,
1: but yeah. but just uh, maybe a little like less serious, you know? Like Social Network gets very, you know, gets kind of into a little bit of dark territory, and um, whereas, right. but this is a little more lighthearted, so it's enjoyable, but still kind of has that like business angle and kind of fast pace um, business world aspect. That yeah, it's uh, kind fast of super- but not.
0: Not too intense, right? Yeah, yeah. Not intense as like Tetris was almost like a spy right, movie, right? Yep. Right. The new movie Tetris, what mm-hmm. we critique, prefer, but right, it has this understanding for people a little bit who weren't even alive in mm-hmm. the eighties, where you know, even born in the eighties, didn't understand that yep. Nike was garbage, right? Yeah, you forget how horrible yep. Nike was, and it, everything was ease I remember yep. everybody had. I thought it was a fla- flower symbol, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yep. But Adidas was the authentic athletic wear, not the really sports wear, but the athletic wear. Yeah. Even if you went out on tennis in the early eighties, you wore Adidas shorts yep. and everything. So it's nice to see that how Nike came, not only that yeah. broke the rules, right. of how merchandising and all that. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: So. yeah, And it's, it's crazy to think about now because now you look and it's, everything's Nike. If, if you watch sports, Nike is on every uh, uniform
0: yeah. and Jersey and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, but it's, it's a nice understanding because we know the ending but how we get there—it's yeah. far more fascinating. It's hard to do because we know the ending, mm-hmm. but do actually the trials and everything, yeah. and how to get there—it makes it actually almost. Are you really going to make this happen? Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yep. If I made my list, Air would be on there. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, and then Plane was another one. Um, that one had a Gerard Butler on it, and it came out right in January. This is might have been like the first 2023 movie I saw.
0: Officially. I do get a kick that we have two individual movies there called Air. And I plane, know, I know, and right? You put them right next to yes. each other, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just such a straightforward action movie. Um, Gerard Butler plays a pilot who has to land in a in a uh, small island with mercenaries on it who want to take the passengers hostage. The plane had to, like make an emergency landing, and um, Gerard. Butler has a little bit of like military experience, and there's like a guy on the plane who was being like brought over to be like extradited for crimes, and he's like a French Foreign Legion guy. It sounds like a very
0: fun, pop corny, yes. Of Gerard oh, Bartler my goodness, movie. yes.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the great things about it was like, um it wasn't too over the top, just just very straightforward. Good, good, solid action scenes. Well, I hope so with
0: a title like yes, plain. yeah, because exactly, it, it's kind of a play on words yep. too. It's just plain old, yep. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, um, just good fight scenes, good action scenes, um, enjoyable characters, likable characters. Um, came in probably in a good. Uh, 100 minutes or so. Um, and yeah. yeah, just kind of the action type of action movie that uh, you know, you can just kind of sit back and relax and and you know, enjoy. Uh, which is always really kind of nice to see sometimes. You've so many action movies nowadays, um, that can be so grandiose and and things like that. So getting one that's kind of more straightforward and right, um,
0: I think this yeah. has a little bit of a life longer lifespan than a lot of people think mm-hmm. because it's simply people kind of maybe a couple months from now will just put it mm-hmm. on.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, that's actually, you know, the t- perfect type of movie. And and back in the day, this would be the, I think the type of movie that you'd see showing up on, on television and you'd want to sit down and watch um, yeah. all the time and kind of see it on, on replays. Um, yeah, so. before
0: like we'd franchised everything. This right. seems like <laughs> just a nice little yeah. one-off thing. Yep. Um, yeah. But interesting. Yeah, I think this has a little more longevity and I think people would just, have a time to get to invest it a little more than go and see another Ant Man movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of re- almost like a refreshing. Doesn't yep. attach to anything else. Yep. Just get your fun action movie yep. into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, so next one I had on my list was uh, Dungeons and Dragons: uh, Honor
0: Among Thieves. Yeah, previous um, ep- that's another on a previous uh, episode. Kyle Gothy's list. I oh, did would yeah. be probably a high on uh, end. Yeah. Would, if I because I've seen it, probably mm-hmm. be number one or two on mine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It was so much fun. I had an absolute blast watching this, and I, um, you know, I, I enjoy my fantasy games. I'm not much of a Dungeons and Dragons player, but like I enjoy like, uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy, uh, for like the GameCube and PS2 and, um, the Zelda games and things like that. So, um, you kind you of don't uh, have to
0: be invested in that to appreciate right, you don't. it.
1: Yeah. You don't, but like you do kind of just kind of pick up that, uh, there, there's just really a sense of like um, they really get what it means to like play a game with a group of friends, and um, they kind of get that kind of camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, I think that's really well done. I,
0: um, it's very crafty editing, yes. mm-hmm. and something nobody really talks about is one of the best edited films of the year. Yeah, because no it could because it keeps it smooth. Mm-hmm um it's one of those like i I say if you're not paying attention to editing it did a marvelous job Mm -hmm. and i think it's one of the things that's just one of its benefits is it had the right pacing Mm -hmm. for it the right flavor for it it's not this dark foreboding game of thrones but also not kind of the ridiculous kind of other stuff we seem to before from fantasy films it has the right mixture of it
1: Yeah. yeah and um the comedy works so well and um but it doesn't it's it's a great balance they strike with. They make it really funny. They're really humorous scenes, but it doesn't turn itself into a parody. It doesn't, like, jump that line of being like, okay, we're taking nothing seriously. It's really funny, but right. they also let you know that, okay, we're still going to maintain this tone of, like, it's humorous, it's lighthearted, but we're going to have some seriousness, too.
0: Yeah, and cast individual characters that you understand. Mm-hmm. These characters have their own distinct personalities, yep. um, their own flaws, but they actually you can also, see, uh, also in your mind see that they had their own adventures as well. With, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to see them. I could just understand yep. their own history. That's hard to do, with, especially with writing. Make mm-hmm. sure your ca- characters have their own individual yep. tastes and flavors and backstories. But also everybody kind of, you understand, I'm a slimy person. Mm-hmm. This is what I do, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I, I got to say, I've seen like all the Fast and the Furious movies. Michelle yeah. Rodriguez, um, I think she had more chemistry with – chris pine and that whole group than she's ever had with anybody in the fast and furious movies like her friendship with chris pine was like so good it's You're so just, genuine yes right? it's yeah. so genuine they they just have each other's backs and i was like man michelle rodriguez this is the franchise she should be going with for the future because
0: she is great in this she needs something that just doesn't give her a caricature of herself yes, that yep. just badass girl yep. with the heart of you know, yeah. The heart of gold that yeah. she tries not to show. Yeah. Like something's a little more better there, right. Yep. She needs she needs something a little more better to show off that she's just yeah. ca- more capable than just being an action yeah. person. Yep. Yep.
1: So uh next up I have is uh the new little mermaid that came out. Wow. Yeah. And I I, I don't know if you've ever seen it.
0: No, okay. not yet. I know so, my nieces and nephews. Are yeah. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and here's the thing. I like, I haven't loved a lot of the new remakes of these movies. The, the Lion King action ones. and all that. Yeah. yeah, I've been kind of disappointed. And um, and I felt like there's been a lot of, like, um, attempts at one-upsmanship that these live-action movies have been trying to do with the animated versions. Yeah. Um, Lindsay Ellis, who's a, a video essayist uh, on YouTube, she made a great video about how, like, the new Beauty and the Beast movie was trying to, like improve or, you know, um, fix some of the things that were in the original, um, animated film. Yeah. And, um, so, but little mermaid comes out and I'm, I'm watching it and I'm thinking this is the first one of these movies where I feel like it was just trying to be its own thing. You know, it wasn't trying to like fix anything or, uh, makes, you know, just be a commentary on the, uh, animated film. It was just like, we want to tell a good little mermaid story. And we want to make a good movie. And here you go. It was um the actress playing Ariel, great voice. She was a great singer. Uh, Melissa McCarthy has a lot of fun playing Ursula. Uh they give the prince in the movie, Eric, a lot more background. He's um he's very yeah. much like an idealist. He is a um You make me want to go see this. Night. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> so so yeah, and, and in this movie, he's basically was uh taken in by the uh queen and king of this island nation and he kind of um feels a uh, oh owe, owes a debt of gratitude a bit and wants to um one of the reasons why he wants to like go on adventures and stuff is like find cures for diseases and and uh create better trade for the island so there's a sense of like he's an idealist uh future leader there's so there's so
0: that yeah you know, from what i'm getting it's not really essentially let's fix what we did not mm-hmm. what's problematic with yep. the original animation yep. But let's develop it yes, better.
1: Let's make it richer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really what it does. And I, I was really impressed with it. I, I was like, um, this is probably the best one. I like even the headline for my review was like, this sets a new standard for live action Disney movies. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I You know, now I'm going to have to watch it because yeah. it's hard when you've seen so many. I've seen the Beauty yep. Beast one, I've yep. seen the Lion King one, and now you're kicking out another one. It mm-hmm. seems like they've gone back and like, all right, it's, we're going, we're, lifting from animation mm-hmm. we don't need to fix what animation gave yep. us we just want to get a little more richer i understand yeah. these are real authentic yep. caricature not just char- characters not just caricatures of an animation mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of things like well it's animated let's make it better i don't right. think i don't see that point of view in the way we right. do that but i understand that they got the right avenue for yep. this yeah um another one i had on my list was
1: creed three um I didn't like it as much as Creed 2 but I still thought it was a really enjoyable um movie. Third one is the toughest. It, it is tough, yeah. yeah. But uh, I was <laughs> it's kind of funny I was I was writing my review I was like I really wish they had had Have you seen the movie? Not yet, okay. but, but yeah. I was like, I really wish they would have had a scene where Creed, the character Creed, um, played by Michael B. Jordan, yeah. fought, uh, had like a charity fight against like John Cena. Because in Rocky Three, of course, you had Rocky fight. Kind of like Merritt. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. He had fought Hulk Hogan, whose name was Thunderlips in Rocky Three, Yes. The big wrestler Thunder guy. Lips, and, and he picked him up. You're yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but it was it was still a really good movie. And, and I think that uh, uh, it was you know, fun kind of a uh, sports drama. And
0: that's It'd be kind of nice to have something that would mirror it almost. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: uh, I still enjoyed it. It was, it was um, one of the better movies I've seen so far this year. Um, so then next up I have asteroid city. That's the new Wes Anderson film. Okay. Um, it been promoted the
0: hell out of this yeah
1: this was being very heavily promoted it is it is a very kind of meta movie um because asteroid city in the film is a play and the movie is basically a uh, basically shows a production of how this play is made and then it goes into the play and then it goes out of the play into like the playwright and how he came up with the story and stuff um, and so I think it's it's uh, Wes Anderson is kind of commentating on himself as a filmmaker and his work with actors um, but there's also that
0: from what you're describing, it's almost like Fellini's Eight and a Half. I'm making mm-hmm. a movie about the, 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 the surrealism yeah. of making yep. my own movie, right? Yep. And how you can get lost in the whole entanglement of production, yep. where you almost get divorced from reality, right? Yeah.
1: Um, but there's a uh, there's that great. Bit of like how Wes Anderson um, has all these quirks and, you know, kind of like interesting shots and bits of dialogue, but still really gets that human element there. Um, and so in Asteroid City, the the play itself, where a lot of this is taking place, you have um, a group of characters who come to this place called Asteroid City for this like scientific event. And uh, the main protagonist of the film, his wife recently passed away and he has to kind of be with his kids at this time. Okay. Um, And during that time, they're there. They have like this extraterrestrial kind of event happen. And so it's kind of this movie that has characters kind of coming face to face with like the unknown and, you know, you have things like death and the vastness of the universe and all these kind of things at play. And um, these characters kind of processing that. Um, and yet you also have the Wes Anderson, of it, of being very fun. You
0: have um, the you Wes know, Anderson the, of the adults being kids, but the kids being adults. Yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> very much. And you, just, you, know, you know, so it's something that uh, it's a movie yeah. that will leave you, it's a thought provoking movie. It'll leave you thinking okay. and kind of pondering what you just saw, but also, um, very fun. You get laughs out of it. You get to, you know, is it one of, of those
0: that you have to be almost of Wes Anderson, understand what you're getting into a little
1: bit. Okay. I think so. I think it's, it's one of those movies that, um, you have to kind of absolutely know what you're getting into. You have to be kind of familiar. Um, cause if you're not familiar with Wes Anderson's work, you might be thinking, what did I just watch? Yeah. um, But, uh, yeah, I didn't like it as much as the French Dispatch. I really, really love the French Dispatch, but I still like this one quite a bit.
0: It seems like it's almost like I haven't seen it yet, but um, him examining these kind of the the texture of what you put in a fake surrounding. Almost you believing it's real. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting sold. You're selling you're kind of punking yourself almost. Mm hmm. But you also, as punking yourself, get to take inventory about your own life mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Which is kind of like the whole census of all those films almost. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um, next up, I have You Hurt My Feelings. This was a... Is it um, the Julia? Julia Louis-Dreyfus one? Yes. Yes. And this is a new one, too. Yes. This right. one came out in, I think, really early June. And um so this right, one is you are
0: their fifth film critic that's put it on their list for mid year. I'm <laughs> yes. gonna have to. <laughs> yes, it's good.
1: Um so this one is kind of about the little lies we we tell um the people we care about. Um basically there's a the main conflict of the film is this woman is a writer, Julia Louis Dreisus' character is a writer. Her husband, yeah. she's been working on this new book and her husband has told her like, oh, it's really great. I really love what you've been doing with it so far. And then she overhears him talking to a friend when she's, you know, he doesn't know she's there and he basically says, I haven't really been liking it that much. Um, but he, of course, he's telling her this because he loves her, so he supports her. Yeah, He th- he thinks she's a good writer. He just doesn't have, just didn't love this one especially, but he, you know, just kind of plays it off like, I, I really liked it. And uh, it, it's just kind of about like, how that can come up in a relationship. And, and it kind of also dives into that with never date um, your fans. Yeah. (laughs) But it also kind of jumps into that with like her son, because her son kind of tells her, you know, um, about times that she's been, um, you know says oh you're so good ex- at this
0: expanding to the the, the premise yeah. that sometimes yeah we manufacture these lines yep. because we love people exactly and um, then, but if you tell them the truth it's gonna also right a-
1: so it's it's about the kind of delicate balancing act
0: yeah um, you have to have
1: and um it's just very honest very real um it's very dialogue heavy, um, but all the dialogue is very rich. Um, it's it's really funny, and and Julia Louis Dreyfus is is always really good at that um, at that dramatic comedy. Um, I think uh, she may, was in a movie with Will Ferrell actually right before the pandemic hit in twenty twenty. Called Downhill. It was a remake. Wow, of I never a, heard of this. Yeah, it was a remake of a European film. And uh, she was in, a, in that movie, too, another one. And she was, again, really great in it. So she really has that aspect of being able to... Um, do these dramatic comedies really well down she has that comedic timing yeah. but she's also able to give that emotion and and uh gravitas to i'm the glad you're giving since. a
0: shout out to this movie and a lot of other people because mm-hmm. especially in the summer of you know yep. superheroes and blowing yeah. up and all that stuff that there's this movie that kind of should go to the summer because mm-hmm. the timing's everything mm-hmm. maybe it's a op- different option you want to see than other than just seeing yep. Tom Cruise dangling from a train yeah of course i want to see that yeah
1: it was it was pretty cool (laughs) it was pretty cool um yeah that's why you know what friday nights you can go see the big new blockbuster and saturday matinee you can see the quiet indie movie (laughs) yeah
0: um i do like that i i critique a lot of other people because i'm Mm -hmm. a writer we always share each other's Mm -hmm. inventories and all of my criticism is you know not rotting safe and this is almost like the movie itself is not writing safe Mm -hmm. but also the dangers of projecting your own creativity to the people you love because you're not going to get an authentic yep. response. Not to mention you don't want an authentic response. Yep. This is garbage. You yeah. don't want your personal, yeah. yeah or Exactly. Yeah. And also the wonderful message, don't date your fans. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's always going to lead to disappointment. You have to have other people, perspective yep. of your own field, to yep. appreciate yourself. And yeah, writing is tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yep. I always say not writing safe. Don't yeah. write that. You want your parents to put it on their kitchen fridge. Look at what my kid's done mm. look at all the cute little writing yeah. story you want to challenge yourself not to mention you want characters yeah. that are challenging you as well
1: it always makes me think of that um movie midnight in paris where uh, owen wilson's character gets to meet these people from like the 1920s yeah uh, he meets hemingway and hemingway tells him basically you don't want another writer um reading what you write you either hate you'll either hate it or you'll be jealous of the person who wrote the thing and hate it all the more yeah
0: um yeah yeah, we, um, but I, I'm going to have to definitely check this out because sure. it, it's it's one of those flavors of movies that you only hint at where we're we going, is mm-hmm. not distant, but there's a little more deeper to it than yep. than what you, on the surface, what the theme is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so.
1: so then I had a, How to Blow Up a Pipeline was the next one I had. Okay. Um, this one is a film about a group of people basically plotting to um, uh, blow up a section of pipeline in Texas. Um it plays out very much like a heist movie, and that's probably the best thing about it is um, all of the elements of a heist movie are there. You have the getting the group together. Everybody has that specialized skill. that's going to play a role. Okay, um, They come together. They have the whole, you know, here's what our plan is going to be, you know, point A, point B, you're going to be here and all that. And then, of course, the execution of the plan. Yeah. Um, so it has all those elements of a really good uh, thriller and um, does it? From what movie. I'm gathering,
0: it's almost sold almost like a documentary style kind of
1: sort of it it doesn't it doesn't it's not filmed that way it doesn't it's okay. not like a mockumentary yeah. yeah it's not like a mockumentary where you have like a narrator or like a shaky cam or hell no thing um but uh it does have kind of that in in a sort of sense in that it is um kind of documenting these people's um feeling like there's they have no other way of dealing with um the climate crisis and so it's a movie that really um you know i could really relate to because i of i've written a lot about the oil industry um in my first job out of college i worked in a, a paper in north dakota yeah and i covered when that state was going through the oil boom it had and you know, I was reporting on on the impacts of that. Um, like, for example, the they were moving so much oil on the trains in North Dakota that the agricultural products that would normally be going on those trains was now having to wait because so much oil was going on the trains. And so all this agricultural products were being stored in the silos and they were stored on the silos so long that they used up all the propane to power those silos. So there was a propane shortage.
0: So. All the consequences.
1: Yes, all of that. Break. And then yeah. um, here in Minnesota, when I worked at my last job in, in Bemidji, um, there was a big debate over a new pipeline being put in uh, the Line 3 pipeline by Enbridge. And that also brought out a lot of, um, strong opinions and protesters, you know, not only because it was, um, you know, the impact on, uh, the climate change situation, but also because it was going very close to native lands. And, um, this, that is all something that is addressed in this movie, how these, how the people, these activists are driven, um, to this point because they feel there's no other option. And, you know, they have a person who's a native American, Who's been impacted. They have people who've whose land has been taken over by like eminent domain um because of pipeline is going through their property. Um and so it, it really dives in for me who's somebody who's who's covered it and been around the right. you know, industry yeah. covering it. I was like, yeah, this is um this is accurate in terms of why these activists are so um so involved in it. And and the movie does an interesting thing because it's not like the movie never—I wouldn't say the movie ever endorses what they do. It's just dramatizing.
0: Not endorsing, never, never glorifying. Right. It's what it's, the-
1: it's it's very. It's just a dramatization of like this is how people are pushed this far and yeah. what these people are doing and and um, yeah. It's just a fantastic um, suspenseful drama. It's it's just um, keeps you on the edge of your seat and um really grabs your attention and Did you
0: see it down the theater or rented it? In, I or? saw
1: it on the theater. I saw it actually at uh, the Lagoon Cinema over in uptown.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm glad it's open again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yep. was, yeah, when did it reopen the Lagoon Cinema? I don't think
1: that one ever shut down. It, the one that shut down was the because I know oh, the Adina no. shut
0: down and reopened, yeah. Now we're now I'm yep. getting confused. Now yep. the, but that one's open. Yep. The Dino one. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So my f- number one best movie i gave it five and a, a five out of five um and i think that the mnfca has been really high on it too his past lives
0: um holy crap yeah another film critic that's part of the minnesota film critics alliance ruth marreras yep. said it was the best film not only the yeah of this year but of many other years yes yeah.
1: ruth gave it really high i think brian um gave it a, a four brian, out of four his yeah. his rating on uh four stars out of four um I personally, yeah, it's same with me. I think this was, is going to be hard to top as my number one. I think if this movie had come out last year, it would have been my number one movie of the year. Um, this is such a moving, powerful film, um, about relationships and the idea of like, what if, um, and how life yeah. events can, can shape your past, your present and your future. Um,
0: I know it comes does it come from South Korea?
1: Uh it wasn't I it's it's a it's a American. person yeah, it's an American filmmaker. Uh, I believe uh Celine Song, um, I think is her name. Okay. Um, so it's not a Korean film, but it's it's about a woman who basically grew up in Korea. I just want um, to
0: clarify that, yeah. Yeah, it's American, I think it's American film, but it's it as yeah. she has to go back. She's from Korea, she goes yeah, back.
1: So so here's so he basically there there's it's it kind of really uses the three act structure to its to its best ability, um, because kind of the first section of the film, she's probably about like a 12 or 13 year old living in, uh, South Korea. She's growing up there and her family is planning to immigrate to Canada. Um, and she's really great friends and has a great relationship with this boy there. Um, and she, um, eventually does immigrate to the States or to Canada, but then as a college student she moves to new york to become a writer there and while she's in new york she's um starts reconnecting on social media with the boy and um they start talking on on skype and it was kind of a flashback to to the skype days and you know that classic skype ring and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it picks up with her then, and then they kind of lose contact. And then in the third act, um, she's married uh, now and is kind of living her life in New York still. And he comes to visit her in New York. And they have um, just some moments together where they kind of reminisce. And it's it's very much a talk of sort of like, what if you would have stayed? What if, you know, all these things like, you know, the road's not traveled um, in life. And it's the other,
0: uh, other different threads that yeah, she could have possibly taken. Yeah.
1: Right. And and I think it's 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 such a universal part of the human condition that everybody can experience. Everybody thinks, like, what if I what if I had done this? What if I had you know done this? Uh everybody has that in their lives. You know, my my mom is originally from Germany. There's like the what if there of like what if she had stayed in Germany? Right. Um yeah, I mean, I I I think that's such a human uh thing to do is is kind of consider that and what this movie does so well though is it's a romance film but it doesn't take like it doesn't devolve into like melodrama or something like that there's no like you know um, moments of like betrayal or love triangle drama or anything like that it's, it's very straightforward and like These people shared a connection. Um, She's and it's kind of that idea of like, you know, you look at like what could have been, but you also appreciate what you have in in the present and what you have in in reality. And the film goes into that because she has this really great, tender relationship with her husband, too, that's that's on display Um, and the way the director manages to. Balance. balance all these yeah, elements I was just to say balance right yeah and, and you know you you um you are sad about the about what the life that this woman didn't live but you're also happy for her and what she does have and um and those two things are not mutually exclusive they happen all at once and it makes the the ending so incredibly powerful um just just an, an immaculate ending to that movie and
0: right because when you talk about something that doesn't have a murder mystery to it. Yep. Doesn't have like something like Infidelity. Who doesn't yep. have anything yes. so, like that's not a sci-fi. Yep, you need a good solid ending to this. That's uh, so not even just good. You need yep. something fantastic to wrap this all this up. Why we're doing this? Yeah.
1: Yep. And uh, I would say another thing that's that's really great. But first of all, the score is phenomenal. Um, again, the ending scene has a amazing bit of music. But but overall, this the music is really good, and the cinematography is. Fantastic. Um I think one of the things that's actually pretty good is how di- how many different angles they were able to use with the characters when they were on Skype. You know, that can be hard to kind of shoot if yeah, you're just looking at Not looking just bland yeah, framing. Yeah. yeah. But uh but especially when they are in New York City together and um you know they they romanticize and and the city of New York so much and just make it look so elegant. So it just kind of enhances this um time with these characters. And, uh, um, and then of course in the more intimate moments, it, it has, um, just the way it, it, the camera just kind of observes the characters and gets, you can really feel the connection they make in some of the smaller moments in the film. So yeah, the cinematography is just absolutely on point. It's, Wonderful. it's
0: fantastic. Uh, before we take a little break, uh, let everybody know how they can find your website. When you talk Sure. About. So uh,
1: my website is Liedke on film. So that's L-I-E-D-K-E on film dot com.
0: We'll put the link down below yep. and uh, we'll take a little break. And up next, we'll talk more of what's uh, what movies with Matt. Yeah. Hey, welcome
1: to the last comic shop podcast.
0: A comic book podcast that actually talks about comics.
1: Yep. Each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic
0: sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or tv shows we're not lots of times it's just comic
1: books and sound effects oh yes definitely lots
0: of sound effects (laughs) so tune in on all the major podcasting platforms the last comic shop podcast or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com
2: welcome back and now more with the show
0: All right, we're back with Matthew, and we talked a little bit about the strike. So mm-hmm. right now, as we're recording, actors and screenwriters are on a strike, mm-hmm. and Matt want to talk about a little bit about it. Um, so what, what do you want to cover with yeah. this? Yeah.
1: Um, so it's it's really interesting to me, kind of what they are striking over this time around. Um, obviously, uh, the wages uh, thing comes up. You know, uh, as as it should, um, but not just the uh, wages,
0: but like residuals.
1: Yes, residuals, and um, and it's interesting this time around because it's a it's more about streaming. Um, you know the, how they're getting paid residuals for the streaming services nowadays. Um, because I remember the last time there was the writers' strike uh, was about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and if you remember that, yeah. um, and that was over the residuals as well. But back then it was DVDs and Blu Ray sales because. If you had like an average DVD at block bu- uh, uh, Blockbuster, Best Buy, you know, and you pick up a DVD for twenty dollars, um, the majority of that is going to the retailer, right? About seventeen dollars of that would probably go to the retailer, and the remaining three dollars would be get spread out amongst all the people who worked on the film. So out of that three dollars from that twenty dollar sale you know, the the writers would probably be getting around, you Couple know, things. 35 cents or so. Yeah. Um, so back in that day, one of the things they were fighting for was higher residual sales of that percentage they were getting for DVD sales. Now, I don't, I don't even know how they're looking at residuals with streaming. Like, is it how many people watch it? Is it how many people uh, download it? I don't know. Um, but I know that's definitely something that I have to figure out um, and improve on for the writers and
0: actors. Well, from, I don't want to name my source, I know somebody who works with television writing Mm -hmm. and you're getting paid your episode and that's it. Yep. They just write you a flat check of X amount of dollars. And maybe cover your rent for the month. Sure. And that's it. You yep. don't get anything retained from right. anything afterwards. So there's, they pretty much want to pay you like a flat
1: rate. Right, because they pay you up front basically for the episode. If I if yeah. I know, yep. And then you hope for the hope for a residual after. Yeah. Um,
0: and also they they've been using your likeness, yes, as well as your um, material. Yep. For prev for next available projects without paying you and that's what they want to do is well you got your even for extras who get a flat we want to use that extra space and then for cgi we just go put copy paste and put them in the background again for another movie and they want to do that without even paying your
1: appearance right well that's a big thing you talk about the um computer generated and also the the ai factor um and i think it's something that any writer, I mean, it doesn't have to be about movies. It can be me as a journalist. Um, anyone who's who's writing, I, d- I think that AI is definitely um, going to be something you have to reckon with. So I think it's it's, it's certainly here. good. It's not going to gonna go away. Yeah, it's here. So you have to so you have to create safeguards. And so I think that's another part of what they're striking about is is uh, ensuring that there are some type of rules uh, in Hollywood um, regarding AI. And I think that's going uh, <laughs> to spread. I
0: read AI scripts. Yeah. They have no human no integrity to it. Yeah, they're not going to. You know, the King's Speech. Yep, it's a wonderful screenplay. Got mm-hmm. an Oscar win mm-hmm. for a screenplay yep. about a person who had a debilitating yes. thing about talking, which yep. um, AIs haven't figured out is the flaw right. of concentrating a whole script about a mm-hmm. person who doesn't have elegant speech. Yep. vernacular.
1: Interesting. You bring that up. It reminds me. Um, It was about, so in the King's speech, it was about his stuttering, right? Stuttering, right. And uh, when I was a student at uh, Minnesota State University, um, I actually had a student assignment for this uh, student uh, magazine we were doing for like an online magazine. And uh, I actually got to meet... um, people with stuttering as, as part of the Fargo Moorhead, um, stuttering society, basically it's a support group and I got to talk with them and, um, yeah. And I, you know, I got to learn about how it's, it's not out of nervousness at all for them. It's not like they're scared to talk. You can tell exactly what they're trying to say and what they want to say. You can see the the sentence they're trying to form. It just like they get picked up on a, on a word. Like they might stumble on a word that just, They have to get past to continue speaking. It's almost
0: like it's a hurdle. They try to find some way to if they have to go around it or jump it.
1: And so it gave me an even better um, uh, appreciation for the King's speech. I remember after after doing that story um, because I had already liked the King's speech a lot. But actually speaking with them and then going back and looking at how well Colin Firth captured that was was really really important, um, and I,
0: I really appreciated
1: it a lot more.
0: Before we move on, um, it reminds me when you were sp- talking about that um, Motherless Brooklyn. Yes. With Ed yep. Norton's character. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Which was a highly underrated movie.
1: It was. I, I liked it quite a bit, and it's there's a there was a fascinating history there too, because what they were talking about in that movie, like
0: the, um, gentrification,
1: yep. The gentrification and moving things around for the new highway and such like that. Yeah. And legalized Jerry and, and all that yep. stuff, but it's tied yep.
0: into a murder mystery. That's almost yep. very seedy in the alley. Yep. God, that was a very underrated movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check it out. And we're going to yep. have to critique that on Kyle, Nick on film, cause I think he hasn't, Kyle has not seen motherless Brooklyn. Yet. Oh yeah. 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 I love that. movie. Yep. I went, I, Thank God, I went to the theater yep. to see that one. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we talked about uh, movies that you like from yep. this year. We talked about the writer's strike. Yep. Um, Talk about upcoming movies. Yeah, the upcoming yeah. movies. Um, I know that you know Willy Wonka just dropped. Saw that. Some, some other ones are Origin coming out. Origin story movie, it still yeah. looks like. Um, I already got my tickets for Oppenheimer. Yes. In the um, IMAX. I'm seeing it in the IMAX. Nice. Yeah.
1: I'm looking really looking forward to it. I um I am looking to see it and my girlfriend really wants to go, so we're probably gonna look to see it together. Um that one is i I'm looking so forward to. I um It hasn't
0: come out since we're talking about it, but it seems that's a little more espionagey than I thought it would be. Really? How they're really nervous about somebody leaking the secrets to the other side yeah, and how you can't trust anybody yeah. not to mention the casualties and the dangers of Mm -hmm. making it yeah right
1: well it is you know uh uh, the amount of history that is contained in in world war ii and how many stories you can make out of it um you know it's 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 easy to see i mean how much even in the last if we look at just the last 30 years how many movies about that era world war ii have come out i mean um schindler's list um uh Saving Private Ryan, and now we have this movie. Um, uh, Christopher Nolan did Dunkirk previously, you know? Um, Yeah. So it's just such an era that's so rich with history, but um, surprisingly, there hasn't really been one about the nuclear bombing specifically, Um, and so I'm really looking forward to how it's going to kind of cover that, um, you know, this scientific breakthrough in a time where... uh, you know They were trying to find a way to end the war quick in a sense, um, but it kind of unleashes this thing in the world that you can't really put back in the bottle, and I'm really looking forward to how Christopher Nolan um, tackles that. I am really looking forward to seeing how he does a movie that doesn't um, maybe have the spectacle that some of his other ones did. Right. Um, you know, you know that he
0: doesn't want to use CGI for mm-hmm. the explosion. He actually right. wanted to right. create this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: uh but you know, going back over his his filmography in the last um, you know, 10 years, there's been a lot of like um obviously the Dark Knight trilogy and he had Dunkirk, and there, there was, there's so much happening visually, and and while this movie, it seems like it's going to be very much more um, political, uh, military personnel discussing things, and I'm really curious to see how he's going to, um, maybe, maybe take a little bit of a different step in his 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 way of doing things, where it's just a very um, kind of quieter, somber. Because if you look at uh, Tenet, his most recent movie, you know that was so big and scale and um had yeah, a of I'm lot, a glad you brought that and... up
0: because uh, he's actually with, like, you know, the, bat- the Batman trilogy with Dark Knight, Dark mm-hmm. Knight Rises, with Inception, Tenet, and Dunkirk, yep. um, he's definitely using movies to swing a big bat with. Yeah. Yep. And he's not afraid to hit a fall ball with right. it or just hit a run, yeah. you know, home run with it, but he's definitely using a big bat mm-hmm. to yeah. make or produce or make or break and stuff like that. So, and, yeah, he's eventually expanded the scope yep. of it, and I think he's going to try to maintain it as long yep. as he can. Um, th- he's probably going to do the old Kubrick thing of making yeah. these big-scope films, <laughs> yeah. and then you do a small little budget one yeah. for your, you know, but yep. then go back to big-scoping. Like
1: yeah, well, that's and that's kind of what I think about this one, because, like, obviously, I'm sure the the scene where they test the bomb is going to be, you know, uh, huge in scale. Yeah. But, but um, what I'm getting, this is a character study of a man who you know, creates a weapon of, of mass destruction from Germany. Yep. And then he's
0: going to create a bomb to blow up the country that he came from. Yep. And,
1: uh, yeah. how that weighs on a man's mind. And it's, it looks like a very fascinating character study at the end of the day. And I'm really looking forward to how Nolan, uh, tackles that.
0: Um, can I bring up another one? Yes. Um, I don't know where they are with it, Mm -hmm. but I was, I did like the Norseman from last year. I okay. uh, I didn't, I'm, Kind of sad they didn't get a lot of accolades that it mm-hmm. got, you know, it was another mid year for mm-hmm. me. Um, but we know that Robert Eggert's going to make Nosferatu. Okay. And I don't, I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. I don't know if it comes out yep. this year or not, but I know he's somewhere in production. Yeah. I don't know, free production of making that. Yeah. So and i I'm think definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. One.
1: And I think that's one that um, a lot of film buffs are going to be looking forward to. I mean, if you, I mean, especially anybody who's gone through film school, I feel like studies that period, you know, I mean, because it's like when I was in studying film in college, it was like going through film history. And it's like during that era, you have Nosferatu and you have the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, right? And those two, like the German expressionist. Now everybody knows
0: from the Nick Cage movie of him citing it. Right. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, Right. But I mean, that period is like that. The 1920s, when you're going through film history, you, yeah. your professor is probably going to bring that up, you know? Right. And so it'll be a really interesting thing of how they handle that. And are they going to, like, make some scenes silent or just try to capture that? Because yeah. because what you remember that from that film is just like the. um scene where he's walking up the stairs and you kind of see a shadow as it goes up the stairs and he's got the claw hand you know going up the stairs that's such a memorable uh, part of the movie and so I wonder if they're going to try to like recapture that that silent film-esque are they just going to try to completely modernize it looks like they ran
0: sand through the film it looks grainy
1: (laughs) or if they're going to try to like completely modernize it but have that old kind of um, gremlin-esque look to the character that he had in that movie with the long hands and things like that
0: yeah so I'm it definitely like the Robert Eckert likes to develop he's all he'd like to do his own kind of genre. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Um, another one that's just coming up the same weekend is Oppenheimer. It's almost become a, a meme now on Twitter, but Barbie uh, with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Um coming Another up one, they're now.
0: promoting the hell out of it.
1: Yeah. Right? I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, I mean, uh, I think it's by Greta Gerwig, right? Yes. Who's, and
0: she's also said she's done doing independent. She wants to do. Yeah. For movies. Yep. Movie production. Big but, time. But
1: uh you know, a lot of talent there, right? I mean, Margot Robbie is obviously proving herself to be great. I have Ryan Gosling is is a fantastic actor, and I don't know if you ever saw the Nice Guys with, that he did with Russell Crowe, but
0: I'm waiting for my sequel to that movie. Oh my goodness, yes, they need a sequel really bad. To yeah.
1: That. And uh, the guy, Ryan Gosling, shows off how good he can be in a comedic role in that movie. So I'm like looking forward to this and he can do, you know, seeing how he does that again as as the character can. It looks it does look like a really good time at the theater.
0: Yeah. And I think it's going to have a little legs. I think it's going to have a legacy attached to it. Yeah, I think so. Keep people buying it and watching it. And I've
1: I've really liked the uh, the the posters that have done like mashups of um, of uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. Did you get your T-shirt yet? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. but uh, I've seen like poster mashups that like have Oppenheimer and Barbie and like all the characters from both movies like on the same thing, and yeah. it says like um uh Barb Barbieheimer or something like that. Barbieheimer. yeah, Oppenheimer, yeah. Arpen- Oppenheim. yes, you can do that, yeah. Yeah,
0: so yeah, yeah. I'm definitely looking for those movies. Is there anything else coming up? Um,
1: another one I'd say is um the second uh, Dune movie that's coming up. I'm oh, kind of intrigued yeah. by. Um, Where I what are we getting that. What's that? When are we? Uh, November. Yeah. Okay. November. Uh, and I got to say, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. I felt I love the visuals. I thought it looked great, but I felt like I had a bit of a trouble connecting because I felt like there was a lot of like politics and like these people on this planet and this kind of owns this and you have this kid who's going to take over. And I don't know. I, I felt it got a little bogged down by a lot of that, but I'm looking forward to that second part because now we have um, things are already established and we can jump right into the adventure of it and, and see Timothy Chalamet's characters uh, care character arc for this one. And um, I'm looking forward to the sequel and uh, the director um, uh, is Dennis. Dennis is just so talented. Um, I mean, if Before Dune, I think, like, most of his movies have ended up on my top 10 list, like Prisoners, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049. Um, Yeah, he's spectacular.
0: Um, It seems like they're really, really attaching themselves to the book. But, you Mm -hmm. know, they're living out some of the stuff that's important. Right. They're not talking about the Chome Company Mm -hmm. at all, but that's heavily flavored in the book. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they're going to go to the ending that is in the book, where Mm -hmm. the showdown of Paul Moody versus Frey in the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. I don't think they ever talk about it in the, the David Lynch's movie, the Coliseum, which mm-hmm. is a very spectacle yep. kind of thing. Yep. But the showdown takes place in the Coliseum. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yep. he, he broken up in two books. That the second book is all action oriented, mm-hmm. and it's hard where the first one, you, it feels like we don't we're leading up to something, mm-hmm. and then you cut us off. Well, yep. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you definitely need a part two to this right. to really sell it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Another thing I was um, looking at is uh, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, it's Five a movie Freddy's. coming out. It's a horror movie coming out in October. That's based on a video game. Okay, um, and it's a video game. I I know a little bit about. It was I think I played it once and saw a lot of people online talking about it, a couple of years ago, and basically it's this like, um, in in the universe it's basically a Chuck E. Cheese type inspired. Uh, restaurant that's been like worn down over the years. It's like rusted and everything is broken down. And basically it's a dilapidated property. That's still being like kept up by like uh, the bank or whatever, because it's a property that hasn't sold yet or whatever. So they hire a security guard who basically has to come in at night. And, um, essentially the, the animatronics, um, that you'd see like at a Chuck E cheese, you know, that played in the band and stuff, more or less the animatronics are now, um, uh, haunted. Yeah. So it's basically that. It's basically a security Five, guard.
0: What's it called? Five...
1: Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights yep. at Freddy's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's basically haunted animatronics going after a security guard working at this dilapidated, rusted um, children's pizza shop, you know. Right. Um, so that one looks kind of interesting. I also saw, and not that I'm looking entirely forward to it, but there's a new Saw movie coming out this October, too. Oh. Uh, I think Saw 10.
0: <laughs> you know they're going to eventually get there with yeah. 10. You had to do it. I right? think this,
1: yeah. Um, I thought Spiral was okay um, with Chris Rock, um, yeah. I didn't think it was too bad. Honestly, it was probably the first time in a while that I watched a Saw a movie that was not terrible. <laughs> I mean,
0: that... Uh, I mean, when you get to Friday yeah. 13th, part 10, Jason yeah. X. Jason, well, have Jason, to, yeah. Jason X was so fun. Um, You're going to have to, yeah, you have yeah. to sell the fun of the, the, Yeah. yeah the,
1: but uh, yeah, the Saw, I like, because it's so, they took a huge break because you had Saw 8 came out, I think in like 2018, but Saw 7 came out in 2011. I was still in college when Saw 7 came out. I was like 2011 and I remember going to the theater and at that point there was just a feeling of like, let's get this over with because it's, <laughs> it's, it's done. You've done, you know, because like the yeah. first. Saw movie and even the second saw movie to an extent were like all right, but then they just started th- saw three, saw four, there's saw a five. Of recycling. Oh man, yeah. you know, and it it was just got to the point where like okay, you guys need to be done.
0: Um, if there's one I'd to bring up, um, mm-hmm. uh, that did a, a really good at the South by Southwest, mm-hmm. um, Late Night with the Devil, which mm-hmm. kind of seems like found footage, mixture of King of Comedy with Martin oh, okay. Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Um, also, kind of like a flavor, late night seventies, mm-hmm. late night show with Johnny Carson, um, but a late night with the devil. It doesn't have distribution yet, so I don't know mm. if we're going to see it at the end of the year. But it yeah. got a wonderful reception. It's very, okay. it's very much if you like the Joker, yeah, um, kind of that kind of a flavor where mm. somebody ran out a guest to come on for his late night show. Mm. And it brings out the devil. Oh, uh, very much, almost like found footage. Also, okay. it's never really this episode never really aired, and oh, they found the sure. tape of it, something okay. like that. Interesting. But um, really got a lot of accolades. I'm really okay. looking forward to it. Yep. I already, if you want to look up, it's called Late Night with the Devil. Mm-hmm. I am severely looking forward to this. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you heard anything.
1: I haven't it. heard anything on that one actually yet. Um, I actually haven't. No, and it's a, but you kind of get to this time of the year where you're kind of um, catching up from. You know South by Southwest and Sundance and Can, and then um, in fall, of course, we've got um, Toronto coming up too, which is going to be filled with movies to see. I know that Toronto, the Toronto Film Festival, always has a bunch of stuff. So,
0: so I'm just looking it up. It already has an 8.5 on Rotten Tomatoes. So oh it's wow. night The Devil. It stars uh, David Dashamalk. What's his name? Dashamalkin. Uh, Who's that? Dashamalkington. I, got, I don't know. <laughs> you know him. David. Yeah, he was oh. in Dune too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, But also, yeah, it's got an 8.5. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, mm. Directed by Colin Carnes and Cameron Karnes. So it's a mm. double do it. But I'm looking yeah. forward to that one as well. Yeah. Um, anything else you're looking forward to? Well, no.
1: one of the things that I'm wondering about and kind of, it was reminded to me when i was thinking about the strike is like what is the impact on on how we're going to look at movies in 2024 and 2025
0: because it looks like it's going to be um, a long run
1: yeah because and if you look back at that 0708 one it, that had some impacts on the movies that came out later in 2008 and 2009 mm-hmm. um kind of infamously i think to, to transformers two that came out in 2009 that basically went into production right when the strike was going on and michael bay kind of notoriously uh started filming all the action scenes and all this and that and then basically had his writers come on when the strike was done and write around to connect yeah. the dots of this story
0: I so construct this right? yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: but um if we want to um look back a bit um i can also share my top 10 from i would love to because we
0: didn't get the opportunity to come on yep. the show last year yep um and you can listen. I listed my top 10s last yep. year, but I would just want to I think my audience as well as me. I want to be interested to kind of recap what you thought was the, your 10 for yeah, last year.
1: Absolutely. So uh, starting at number 10, I had women talking. Um, oh, fantastic. Really good. Really yeah. good. Um, it was
0: the premise seems boring.
1: It it does. And, and it, yeah. because it's like, how do you make this into a, you know, exciting movie where you keep getting drawn in by this conversation. and, I remember in my review, I, I likened it to a sort of like courtroom drama,
0: almost like 12 angry men, but sure. with the, the ladies. Yeah.
1: I, I basically like, for me, it was like, okay, I, I thought of it like a, as a courtroom drama because we have pros and cons, we have opposing sides, you have opposing arguments, um, you know, going back and forth about what they should do, what they shouldn't yeah. do. And, and all the while, while you're having these arguments, um, you know, you have the, uh, kind of threat in a sense, weighing over. You of like, when will the men return? How long do we have to do this? So we have to argue and hammer out these, what we want to do, make concessions, make compromises, all the while we have this suspense of, like, when these people come back and we have to leave by a certain time. So,
0: uh, I want to agree with my partner, Kala Gothy. Mm-hmm. Bad title. Yeah. It, it needs something yeah. else to I think you could sell have,
1: it. Yeah, I think you could have, like, not that I can come up with the one on the top of my head, but you yeah, know, I think that you could have done a little better. Yeah. Um so number nine for me was Bones and All. Oh yes. I thought it was really great. We um, all love it. I
0: mean, how did that get not recognized for like even like adapted screenplay?
1: Mm-hmm. Um I really for me, this was like how to make a modern monster movie. Because if you look yeah. at it, you know, because I, I was first reading. Oh, go ahead.
0: I didn't mean it, But for you, it's Modern Monster. For me, it's another vision of the 70s road trip movie.
1: Sure, sure. I, yeah. And it definitely captured that road movie feeling to it. Yeah. Um, but when I was looking at it, when I was first reading about it, it was like, oh, it's a movie about cannibals. But then I watch it and I'm like.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> <Right>. no, but, <laughs> but to read about it, like, well, yeah. how the hell? And there's a, it's, yeah. there's a, there's a romance to this? Like, yeah. What the hell right. am I yeah.
1: So, but then when you actually watch it and you're like these people basically have to live in the shadows. They basically have to, um, yeah, they have to the
0: eat s- to survive the subculture. Yep. They,
1: this. they have to, they like have like advanced abilities, like the ability like of smell and things like that. And I'm like, That's this is yeah. very similar to a vampire story or a, another type of monster where they have to like, you know, Your, go L- after you, humans, they, but they, you know, have complex emotions and feelings about it. And, um all that all that
0: and there's a certain kind of a class structure to this there's a certain kind of subculture of Mm -hmm. hierarchy to this right and they're all in the shadows but they all kind of know each other just from just a certain glance so almost like subcultures recognize you know through just mannerisms that you're part of this group not to mention you always feel like an outsider yeah not and you you want to embrace that outsideness or you are not comfortable with Mm -hmm. the loneliness of it and then you have People that can be predators, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. Wonderfully acted by yep. everybody in the yep. movie.
1: And even yeah. um, feeling like you have a curse, like like there's a sense of like, and not in like a you know, kind of melodramatic way, but there's a very much like, why me? Why did I have to have, have this? Why can't I just be like anybody, everybody else? Um, I think that that is a really strong aspect of it too. Um, I think the main, you want to
0: embrace it fully, you go fully invested or do you want to dance in between both worlds? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, Timothy Chalamet's character is, is, um, is really interesting in that he's kind of just a realist. He's like, this isn't something I want to do, but it's just the reality of like, I have to do it. Yeah. Um, which is, it's
0: just a really fascinating, it's almost like an itch. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. I, I can't ignore yeah. it too long. I get it. Yeah. Balls and all. Fantastic yeah. movie for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, number eight was Bros. Um, romantic comedy
0: last year. Um, we did critique that on our Kyle and Nick oh, on you YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah. Bros. Yeah. Yep.
1: I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was really heartfelt. I, Laughed. I was moved by it. Um, I thought it was just a really great um, rom com. It was. It was just uh, really effective yeah. for me, and I I thought it was really really strong.
0: It gives that authenticity of just not overarching. You have people mm-hmm. with all these flaws yes. into it, yep. and then the bracing there flaws but also how they fit into their own communities mm-hmm. you yep. know you're not gay exactly. what are you talking about like, right what, what the hell does that yeah, mean right yeah. exactly you're, exactly or you're to this or yep. you're not, or you know why can't i just be, be me be yep. me yep. Yep. yeah yeah not only out in on the side of the world but be me in my own sense of communities right i do my favorite part is the committees about how we embrace diversity and mm-hmm. like we do it too much we don't do that yep. we don't do my group you know yes exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yep
1: Um, So next up, number seven was Turning Red. Um, That was the animated Pixar film. I haven't Um, seen it yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It was, um, I have to be honest, it was my number one animated movie from last year. I have to be honest, I didn't really care that much for the Pinocchio movie from um, Guillermo del Toro. I understand because the story
0: comes from Pinocchio that comes from very dark, gothic story if you read the book and you want to embrace that right yeah
1: yeah i i just didn't really connect with it that well um i have to agree but uh but turning red it was just so uh heartfelt there was so much passion put in from the director who was basically um a lot of like some of the things that the main character experiences things she had growing up it's just such a great movie uh coming of age story of of you know kind of adolescence and that yeah time of time when you're hitting puberty and um, the characters are all really lovable and, and have such strong personalities and um, it's a really great premise. The concept is really fun um, with her kind of like embracing this monster side of her uh, when she turns into the red Panda. Yeah. Um, It's just a really fun, really heartfelt animated movie that I really appreciated.
0: Yeah. I love, I- I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. I've never seen it and we, um, Wonderful movie. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, number six was Crimes of the Future. I'm not sure if you saw this one. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. So this one I want was, that chair. Just, oh my goodness. It was so, so good. Um it was just I thought it was just so brilliant in um
0: that you manufacture these extra organs. Yeah. Your, and your, and, your, and um This is the world we're living in.
1: Yeah, I thought that the um the film is like so much about like um you know on screen what you're seeing is a lot of you know kind of like the body horror and sci-fi elements um and things like that we all
0: wanted Cronenberg to go back to that but he he went a little bit deeper than just superficial oh
1: absolutely yeah like i mean the, the like that's the type of stuff you're seeing but like at the same time it's very much about class social realism um uh environmentalism is very much there in, in at the forefront yeah. of it um i think it's just um a little was, bit
0: i think it's exploitative like you want to be yeah. a, a celebrity and do this or yeah. it's almost a uh, little bit of a murder mystery yep. to it that as well yeah and it's all these mixtures yeah
1: and i think it was interesting in how it it, it um kind of observes the human body and how different people see the human body, and some of people see a, see it as a form of uh, art, and how people use their yeah. human body as art, and and kind of the extent how that goes in that movie, and also um, just people seeing kind of um, the practicality of the human body, and and uh, just it was just such a, a yeah. interesting. Concept and Viggo Mortensen is fantastic in it. So. Very
0: highly original, yeah. even for Cronenberg himself. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah, just a really interesting world. Yeah. Um, number five for me was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, I think there's uh, not too much to even say at this point. It's yeah, a, I, think, I think it's I an think Oscar it's been, winner. It yeah. won. It won the MNFCA Award for Best Picture. Um, it's just, just a
0: crazy. Yeah. Fun crazy. Yeah,
1: just yeah. a really uh, great piece of work and i
0: mean next time i see it i want to eat a bagel (laughs)
1: um yeah just really creative and and the great part about it is how um you know the real important stuff about that movie are the relationships i mean it is it is her how busy and how chaotic is
0: it does have a genuine that's the core clarity core to it yeah
1: that that is her 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 relationship with her husband, the marriage and her relationship with the daughter and how that, how both have been strained and how, um, because all of the fighting, all the martial arts is really just kind of is, is an expression of how we go about relationships with, you know, loved ones and such. So, um, really
0: really good it was number five for me as well yeah
1: Yeah. um so then i had uh the batman at number four
0: that's really high even for me who loves batman i was so impressed with the new batman i think it was like a 15 for me Mm -hmm. yeah really i how the hell did this not get nominated for musical score oh man it was that was that was incredible right um I remember
1: right when that movie starts and then and it's in that opening where it's like going through these rainy streets of Gotham around yeah. Halloween and and
0: um, it's Halloween every night. Yep, in Gotham
1: and uh, but there was like this interesting balance of like the seriousness and, um, you know, dr- drama that the Nolan movies had. But also getting the kind of like aesthetics and and, uh, music and and personality of the Burton movies and kind of being a mix between the
0: two. I always always kind of critique mine where Nolan feels like the bomb is about to explode. Mm -hmm. Things are still in a pristine state of almost being catastrophic. This one seems like the bomb already exploded and we're dealing with the repercussions of every action that happened. And there's really... How we're gonna fix things Mm -hmm. when they seem to get worse? Yeah. The best thing about this, and I love the metaphor that they use. The bat signal is basically a broken, the net, a broken vine, shade of making the bat. Great metaphor for what's happened. That we Mm -hmm. we can't really manufacture a projection with just broken pieces to show that it is. Uh, Very meta to make. It looks like a gun. Yeah. It probably Um, is the own the gun to use to kill his own parents as the bat symbol. Uh, very gritty, very grungy. Mm-hmm. Was obviously, you have Nirvana in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks like the bombs already exploded yeah. and how we deal with the kids. It looks yeah. like there's no way we're going to fix things yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um,
1: Robert Pattinson, I thought was great as Batman. Yeah. I, I really liked him. I liked a younger Batman who still had to learn Definitely. that I can be more than just a guy who is after vengeance. I can be more, you know, when he ha- when there's that great overhead shot with him, with the flare leading the people out of the, out of the stadium with yeah. the water. Um, and it's, you know, it's really symbolic of him kind of realizing that I can be more than, than vengeance. And I can be, you know, a person who helps us city more in more ways than just one. Um, and that's really good for a young Batman. I think to, to have.
0: Yeah. I uh, appreciate that. He's showing, that he's far more comfortable being Batman yep. than ever being Bruce Wayne. That's right. the core of it all. Yep. That he's very, so, really awkward being yep. Bruce Wayne. Doesn't know how to be Bruce yep. Wayne, um, and he was more comfortable being yep. Batman. Sitting down in the basement trying yep. to build his own car. Yeah,
1: he's he hasn't reached like as Bruce Wayne. He hasn't reached that sense of being like comfortable and being kind of having that like suave personality. He's still kind of reclusive, yep. and and you you get the sense that like he's working up to that still.
0: Uh, there's a comic book that came out in nineteen early 90s called Dark City, Dark Nights, mm-hmm. and it's a three-part comic book, if you can find it, has an integral connection that the Riddler and the Batman do have a back history together. Okay, um, It's not really a direct adaptation to this mm-hmm. movie, but it kind of gives where inspiration I think Matt Reeves came from, mm-hmm. uh, that the Riddler is kind of like, not that just this superficial, jolly, a yeah. little, little daring right. to get caught, but yep. there's something underneath that has a connection yeah. to him as well that's interesting but yeah yeah, i love i love all i love those the versions Mm -hmm. but i like this version too yes that um you visually show batman plunging into filth and getting dirty
1: yeah and uh supporting cast was great too uh uh, john turro um uh, colin farrell um under that great makeup it was yeah i I really thought that was stellar
0: Yes, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic cinematography too. I, oh, I yeah. think I put that as yeah. a nomination for it too as well.
1: Yep. So for number three, I did uh Banshees of Inisherin, Sharon, yeah. which uh another one that was number really one great for me. Another another
0: one that had Colin Farrell too. Yeah. Um I'm glad the donkey made an appearance in the Oscars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh what a what a just endlessly watchable movie. Um uh, so such a simple concept
0: of like not, not blow them up not actually yeah. not a murder mystery mm-hmm. but there is an entanglement of yeah how relationships happen yep
1: and, something. and uh you know the the concept of like friendship and how friendships are made and and what a friendship is and things like that and uh so much at play with and it's just all told through this wonderful dialogue but there's also this um there's I, also this uh kind of dark humor to it, right? With the fingers thing that happens in it. Um, And then of course there's the, uh, conflict that's happening that they can kind of see sometimes and hear the the gunfire and stuff like that um, that's happening There's off of their There's a bigger shore. conflict right. that they feel like they're divorced from. Right. And, yeah. and in a sense, the, the the conflict that they're hearing and, and because it's kind of a civil conflict and you can kind of draw the comparison, of course, with, with that and the two friends that are now fighting with each other. Yeah. Um, and they're so.
0: f- trying to... Figure out their own selves. I say, yep. if you're writing, if your characters aren't looking for the authentic selves, you're mm. not really writing. And each one of those characters are trying to figure yep. out where they fit in the world. Not yep. to mention who are their authentic yes. selves. You got Colin Farrow's sister. Maybe I want to get mm-hmm. off this island. Yep. But then if I get off the island, I'm not. I don't have right. a history because that's all I have. Yeah. Or one I want to venture out. So it's a lot of just different woven tapestries of characters. Mm-hmm. And I think Martin McDowell does a wonderful that. Absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah. when the seven psychopaths, he did. Yeah, whatever. Yep. <laughs> yeah. really good. He's really good. He doesn't mind getting dirty. Yeah, getting gaudy. <laughs> at sure. it. Just yeah, violence. Yeah, throwing fingers. Yeah, at the window <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. A wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yep. So number two was Tar. Um, I love Tar. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I remember. I was hooked right away. They start out with her um in this discussion on stage. Um
0: giving her all these accolades. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh and right from the bat, like right when you start hearing um That's Kate the best Blanchett's g- character talk, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm already gonna love this. Cause Kate Blanchett is already knocking it out of the park right away. And this and- is the
0: best it's gonna be for her because it's yes, all yeah,
1: and it's all it is it is a perfect um dramatization of a person in a downfall, really. Yeah. Um it is a it is such a of their a own great, fault. Really. Of their own fault. Yeah. And it's just um it's just like this cascading thing where it's just this getting worse and worse and um it's just fascinating. And Kate Blanchett plays the hell out of it. Um she is just so good on screen is this oh I buy it wholesale. Woman. Right. It's just yeah. so good. And uh great supporting cast again. The the other um people in her life are are fantastic
0: um you have to appreciate this art as equal as i do and you have to appreciate the way i do yes if you don't do it this way it's the wrong way yeah yeah even the old her for some and the other conductors in a competition we're not a competition we're just people that's yeah yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: um but just uh, just astounding and how she um, never really sees
0: that it's her mm -hmm. own fault mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: and um man some of those some of those scenes in there there's one that sticks out to me like where it's like a, it's a really low angle shot of her conducting and it's just so powerful and and you get the sense of like this is um, what she
0: thinks she feels yeah like. and,
1: and the command the respect she commands and how that's you know lessening over the course of the movie too so it's yeah. just a fascinating uh look shot at the really person. well shot
0: yes. um i i appreciate i agree with every single frame step up even the dinner scenes with Al her, mm-hmm. her people that are shot right very dramatic and yep. very intense we're the only doing it, having a dinner scene yep. a dialogue it's very hard to shoot mm-hmm. that and make it Attainingly yep. invested, yeah. I loved it from beginning to end. Yeah, it has a certain aesthetic to it as well that I yep. enjoyed.
1: Um, and then my number one movie of the year, and it was really close with Tar. It was, it was. They were probably like pretty neck and neck, but um, I had The Whale as my number one movie. Okay. Um, I thought Brendan Fraser was incredible uh, in that movie. I think he deserved the Oscar. Um, I think that the supporting cast was absolutely stellar in that movie too. Um. It was it was really a movie about a person facing in a, a basically an addiction from depression and such. That was what it was really about. I was a little like um, worried about how the portrayal of of the of the main character was going to be, right? Because it you is know. a suit. Yeah, and- it's a suit. And that going on and and how they're going to portray it. If the but it's it's really interesting how they portray this man of like um, being really. Have you seen the movie? No. Did you see it? Okay. It was. I don't think a
0: lot of yeah. people listening have to yeah. get yeah
1: So the main character is, um, he's an English professor. He, he knows his stuff. He's very great with literature. Um, and so he's working with his daughter his estranged strange daughter on her English classes. And, and, and he's also visited by this like missionary who wants to talk to him about the Bible. And of course he's like, I've read the Bible. I've read a lot of things and I'm, I'm not very knowledgeable about this, but, um, he had a life event in the past that was very traumatic for him, which led to him, you know, gaining weight and, and being in this kind of difficult yeah. spot. You and, recognize
0: the trigger point. Yes. I hate to say that word, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. And, So it's basically about this, this man and you really, you really feel for him because he's, he's suffering, but he has this really brilliant mind of, of, um, being great with literature and, um, trying to connect with people. Um, really great. Uh, Hong, uh, Hong Chow is in there. She plays his good friend, um, and she is phenomenal in it. And, um, yeah. It's just a really great character study about someone who's like suffering through something and, and trying to, um, trying to kind of yeah. fix the, the relationship that went bad in his life, which is what uh, happened with his estranged uh, daughter. And, um, it was just really, really effective to me. I thought the, uh, it had some of the best dramatic scenes that I, that I had watched in the past year so. By far, I think the whale was was my number one. I think one.
0: when Darren writes, he has a certain motion he wants to stay with, mm-hmm. and then branches out. Um, grief is one thing, like with the wrestler, mm-hmm. it's all about grief of how we you know, handle people, no matter mm-hmm. how faulty they are. Yeah, you know, I just don't want you to hate me, even though I'm right. not really going to change. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> um, and like with mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, correction, mother. Yeah, uh, with the exclamation <laughs> point, it's about you know dealing with chaos and Mm -hmm. navigate chaos oh what a ride that was (laughs) that's a hell of a ride too but yeah i i do appreciate darren's writing he challenges not only viewers but himself with characters yep yeah Yeah.
1: and then a couple honorable mentions from last year um that i want to shout out too because i think they were pretty good of course um all quiet on the western front i loved it i
0: loved it more than kyle gothy did i I, it's it's number 15 of
1: mine okay uh the black phone i don't know if you saw that one i did i did i enjoyed it quite a bit um actually that was written uh, co-written by uh robert cargill who actually inspired me to become a film critic because he originally was a film critic back in the 2000s you need
0: motivation to write you got to follow him on social media because you just put all the time get up there start writing yeah pretty much (laughs)
1: yep um causeway with jennifer lawrence was really great um Cha-Cha Real Smooth was another good drama. I've never heard of those. Yeah, so Causeway, um, Jennifer Lawrence is, uh, she's just getting out of the war um, overseas and she's coming back home and um, she's still kind of, she was in an incident with a roadside bomb and uh, she's kind of recovering after that. So- And then Cha Cha real smooth is kind of the kind of a post college story of a guy who just graduates. He comes back home and he um, is kind of finding himself still and kind of develops this relationship with this uh, woman and who he meets. And so that one's quite good. Okay, Um, Emily the Criminal, Aubrey Plaza. Oh
0: yeah, really good. Yeah, I think that it's just criminally how it got treated. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Um, a little too late in the game. I think it was got if it I think if yeah. you released it a little in the fall with those little more in the empty well, I think space. It was,
1: I think it was uh August when it came out was it was it really sure. yeah because I think it premiered at Sundance um, uh, that year but uh so but I overall really enjoyed it probably because um, I
0: wasn't available yeah. probably didn't see it till the fall yeah sorry
1: and then uh God's country which is about this college professor who's living in I think Wyoming or kind of one of those colder um Western okay. Rocky Mountain states and she's basically uh, in a situation where she's being harassed and she's being, like, taken advantage of by That's these people. Cool. And it's basically her getting driven to the point of having to take action. It's really good, suspenseful drama. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, living with um, Bill Nye. Yeah. Um, another really good Yeah, one. this is one he got nominated yes. for. Yes, yep, right. he was nominated for it. He's fantastic in it.
0: It is a very... A time old, tiny, yep. yeah.
1: It was very somber um, character study that I really enjoyed. Uh, Marcel Lachelle with shoes on. Just
0: a cute... It's a cute little flavor. Cute
1: little flick. I watched it on yeah. a... I was I was going to a business conference and I watched it on, on a plane. I like it.
0: She gets blown up on YouTube <sighs> and all these people randomly show up her house. I know. She's like,
1: it's, what? It's, it's adorable. It is so adorable. Um... I had Pearl on there. Oh um, yeah, cause Pearl because Pearl was on a t- Pearl was top yeah, ten for me. Yeah, Pearl was really a genius movie. Uh, uh, I
0: caught it right away. The whole aesthetics, yeah. her personality, her the disorder,
1: almost the the vibrancy, like almost like a yeah, s- like super technicolor type. You know, it, it looks like it should be like red. a fake Capra. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. Um, but uh, I really like... I mean, obviously, I think the thing that a lot of people go to is that monologue she has toward the end.
0: That's really just a great piece of yeah, acting. You so, show how deep this goes yep. for her psychosis. Yep.
1: yep. Um. Another one was She Said, the movie about the New York Times. And I love
0: this. I, I did. Yep. I'm, I've been advocating for this film. Yep. Uh. Okay. I think it's because of the... Um, one that got one best picture mm-hmm. about the Boston Globe. Uh Spotlight. Spotlight. Yep. I think yeah. because of Spotlight got some of the accolades mm-hmm. that this kind of get yep. undershadowed yep. because it's kind of the same template. A little bit. Um, yeah. you know, investigative journalism. Yep. But I did love all the performances in yeah. that movie. I, I would yep. I'm still trying to press people to go see it yep. too. Yeah.
1: Um Top Gun Maverick, great. Great action yeah. movie. Great. I great liked it th-
0: far more than I thought I would.
1: I did too. I was yeah. going in and you, you always kind of have a bit of a question mark there of like how this is going to be. But man, it was it was really enjoyable. And Miles Teller is uh, great in there. And yeah, it, it really pulled it off. Well, I yeah. thought it was really good. And then uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, with uh, Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. Yeah, <laughs> it's a blast with this movie. I thought it was. So funny, um, Nicolas Cage being able to be Nicolas Cage and just letting yeah. him be let loose. I think he feels
0: far great. more comfortable... comfortable. Being on a movie set than being yep. uh, Nick Cage in real yes. life. And this yeah. is uh, him, the to yep. opportunity to do all the stuff that he likes to do. Yeah. And we're going to make a movie about yeah. it. I'm sure it was not very hard to sell him yeah. to do this kind of a project. Yeah.
1: Nick Cage has this special type of energy that can just be really great. Uh, like Renfield to uh, the new Renfield movie. He was having a blast in it. Um, if yeah. you go back to 2010 and he was uh, a character in the movie kick ass um, that came out in 2010, he was, superb in that movie you sell so. that
0: you want to be kind of a batman kind of a guy yep. yeah yeah absolutely
1: perfect um yep. so then my final uh movie uh that i had my honorable honorable mentions of last year was vengeance it was a movie where where this uh podcaster goes to investigate this um the death of this woman and he um kind of it's a little bit of like big city guy goes to small town America and kind of yeah. has that, but it also has this kind of seriousness of like um, true crime podcasting and, and um, investigating into, you know, crimes and deaths and things like that. feels and, like a very up to kind, yes. yep. yep. kind of a murder mystery kind of
0: thing that eventually you're going to have to recognize yep. that this is kind of the platform yep. nowadays, if you want right. to do a modern version of these yep. kind of things. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that was, that was another one that I, I saw last Ledges, year that I really yes. appreciated. Yep. Uh,
0: so, that's yeah. I've all yeah. I'm glad you point out these movies because mm-hmm. a lot of these don't get a lot of accolades. Yes. I know you see far more than I do. Yeah. and you know, God's Country seems interesting for it's, me. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, and yep. Vengeance, and it seems interesting. I haven't yeah. seen those yet.
1: It's, it's really good around this time of year from, I'd say, especially the summer months because usually you have, um, Sundance takes place usually in like January most years. Right. Um, and so uh, when about... F- couple months later after they get a distri- distributor they start coming out in like July and August so yeah. keep you know it's good to keep an eye out for those smaller movies that maybe came out right at Sundance at South by Southwest at Cannes and Cannes usually has the bigger ones but even then that's
0: why I like out. to bring out because a lot of people are like yeah. well there's not really anything yeah. original out there well, <laughs> there is you just
1: have <laughs> to I, yeah when I hear people say that I'm like oh my god I could I can make you a list of yeah. like 20 movies that are completely original past lives I mean like the movies I just listed uh yep. you know the top three were you know uh how to blow up a pipeline asteroid city past lives like all these movies are completely original you know and so yeah right yeah yep.
0: all right before we go just yes. make a shout out for the website we'll put the link down yes. below so you can check out your yep. website
1: so um lidkey on film l-i-e-d-k-e on com, uh, and i'm also on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at matthew lidkey so yeah. just yeah that's my name, and that's where you can find me.
0: Uh, Matthew knows It's not over till the guest says it's over.
1: It is over. Uh, there we-